0: You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Abram Kibalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Nine lines on the bottom of the page. Here we go. What has been going on? Rabbi Liezer, uh, after he gave this rollicking, semi angry sheer on Yuntaf and finally dismissed the students, he sent them away quoting a posuk as we saw a couple of days ago from Sefer Nechemia. And I'm now with the cursor showing you what the Pusuk that he quoted was. Go eat fatty foods, drink the sweetest drinks, send gifts to those, and this is the key phrase, which i going to talk about in a second, to people who don't seem to be prepared. Because it's a holy day. It's not a day to be sad. As I said a couple of days ago, this was actually on Rosh Hashanah, on Rosh Hashanah. And this was a Pasuk Rebbe Eliezer used. We don't know if it was Rosh Hashanah, I don't think it was. But this was a Pasuk Eliezer, the Tana, uh, adapted for his use to tell his students I know you've been sitting with me for many hours studying. You've been sitting for many hours studying with me, uh, but it's time to go eat and go and enjoy your food. <laughs> there wasn't much time uh, because uh, many of the other people left earlier as we saw the other day, but that still doesn't mean that there's no Simchas Yom All right, that's what we talked about the other day. Uh, the question is, we, so we understand why he told them that pasuk. Um, however, this is where we're talking about. My lae nochonlo. We're we're, we're the, This is the Gemara wanting to know um, what Eliezer meant and what does the pasuk mean. Eliezer quoted the whole pasuk to his to his students, and the pasuk included the words lae nochonlo. So, the question is my la nochon lo What does it mean when you say la lo? Why is that what, what what are we trying to say? Send gifts to people who aren 't ready? Just say la lo that 's what Ezra should have said. Send gifts to people who don 't have Nochen means they don 't have it ready for themselves. Why emphasize they don 't have it ready? Typical type of question the Talmud would ask on a Pusik. Now, sometimes the question is, is a, is a, is a uh, setup for the answer, which is what the what's going on here. Here's the answer, and this answers uh, Debbie uh, uh, Kathy's question from uh, Thursday, what this has to do with Eretz Tabshilin? Amar That you got to be aware, and I guess the way you're aware is because they tell you, but if you happen to know there's someone who doesn't do the mitzvah of the time he was too busy, he, he, he tells you in shul or something that I, you know, I didn't set up the time Shilin, I'm not going to be able to cook. So what you do is you send him some food that you're able to. In other words, you're actually able to cook for him. <laughs> right? Or send him some of your stuff. That's the connection. In other words... We want everyone to do the mitzvah of Tabshila. It's important. However, if you know someone hasn't done it, what's he supposed to do? Where's he supposed to eat for Shabbos? Where's his food going to come from? Well, you could invite him for Shabbos. That's one thing. (laughs) But why should he have to come to your house? It's better if you send him stuff or him or the whole family. That's what we're saying it means. So let's read it again inside. Mailei nochan you know what this meant? And this is why we might have quoted this whole story. Because this is someone who did not set an Erev Tavshilin up, and we're going to take care of you and send you food. Key Gemara word coming up for those who are familiar with Gemara, of course, Ika Amre. Rabbi, can it all? I mean, you can also say means he doesn't have an Erev Tavshilin, you know. You right, it. he doesn't. Well, That's question. No, you, you're right, Henoch. Um He didn't put it up. Right, he didn't right. have. It could be he's so poor he doesn't even have enough for erev That's probably not what we're referring to, but that could be what it means. That the word nochon is, is the key, Henoch. Nochon means having the thing ready. The whole idea of erev tashivin is on the Thursday. Remember, Friday is yom. Friday is followed by Shabbos. Right. Get it ready right. Thursday. In other words, nochon. In other words, have it in advance. There are people who didn't get into it. They they slipped up, right? Um, so that's the enochon law. Ika the amre, a Kigamara phrase. There are some that say ika. There is the amre that say, if you, if you can underline this, this phrase, you should. This is key. It happens, I don't know how many times in Shaz, and, 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 and it's worth just spending a couple uh, minutes or so explaining why it's in so many times. Um, Ica d'Amre um, has to do with transmission. A book or, or, or uh, ideas, arguments, conversation that was preserved orally is always going to have different versions. Ika diamre means there are some that say there are some right. that say there's some that say this is what Chista said so Chista might have said this or that there's two traditions Ika diamre means that that there were two records of what Chista said now the the beauty of Gemara is is that not only do they uh, record each opinion, each version of what he said, the Gemara then will sometimes play with the difference between the two. And if the Gemara doesn't play with it, we do. And we say, well, is it the first? What's the difference between the two? What's the difference between the two versions of transmission? Well, you're going to see here, it's going to be obvious what the difference is. So either Chista said, either Chista said, you send air of to someone who doesn't have who didn't put up an air of Ika another version of hisda says was you know what it means lo. einoghonlo means me show will hoilolohaniyah air eruv someone who wasn't able to not someone who just forgot someone who lo the past even having the the time to be prepared was not with him. What does that mean? The Gemara is going to tell you exactly. Avol, however, if he had the time to do it, if he had the time, and he wasn't like involved in something else that was overwhelming, when he could have done it, and again, we always say, and, 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 and there's a phrase, a, a Talmudic phrase, sharei tirutzim lo ninalu. There's always a gate of answers. People always have answers of why they didn't do something. But it's not that he really had a great reason. Something came up. He just forgot. Uh, he was. Uh, if someone is in that category, look at these words here. Poshayahu. Like the word pesha. Right, Henach? Like the word pesha, which is... And again, if you want to speak up, it's fine. I'm just gonna just because there might be some uh, noise, please speak up if you want to, it's
1: fine. And if you go it'll be fine and mute yourself. So let's again, the word posheahu is the shorish
0: of this word is pesha. And of course, on Yom Kippur and and, and during the Meser and, and during Elu, we talk about chait and Pesha, right? Chait ovon and pesha. Uh <laughs> it's a very uh, strong term um pochea he is negli- it's sometimes called uh, it's it's translated as negligence um but it's worse i think the word negligent in english doesn't capture it again well, just think about when you say alheit al pesha ovon pesha it's it's almost like we really are upset. We really think that you we're comp- we're very disappointed in you. You are a posheya. Which means, according to the second way, the second version, what it means is you're not gonna send food to the guy who's a posheya. Right? right. You're gonna let him stew, you're gonna let him stew in his own juices. That's what we're saying. We care for our community. But it's almost like we're going to shun this guy. Now, I don't know how you know. <laughs> how do you know whether he could have or, or whether he wasn't able to? Right. Rashi gives us an example of what does it mean to be uh, overwhelmed and not having the chance to put an air of tab And let's look at that Rashi. It's the second wide line. Let's see what Rashi says. Shalom choyu lo that he wasn't able to have the wherewithal to put the Erev Tavshilin. Now, it's so hard to find gefilte fish and a, and a, and a, and a challah. The, the, it's so hard to find the egg or whatever. How, how could you be so busy that Thursday was a, you weren't able to do anything? So let's take a look and see Rashi gives an example. Here's a key Gemara word, Rashi using it, Kigon. Which means like Gavan, like like, like like here's a, here's here's like the Hebrew word gavan, which is like a color, which is a, a, a mode. This might be a way to explain a guy who didn't have time to do it. Aveda. That's considered a good excuse. And better. You lost something. And if you don't get on the you don't get on the case right away, you can't put this off. Who knows what it's worth? You lost something of value. It might be an animal. It might be an object. You were, you were traveling and, 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 and the item, uh, you left it at the rest stop and you got to run back. Whatever it is, that's the type of thing that can sometimes consume you because you don't have to lose your money. It might be something very expensive, very dear to you. So if you've lost something, may erev yomtev, and that's the day you lost it. You've got to spend that day working to find it. And that's what Rashi says. You're running around like the word chazor is to go back and forth. The whole day, that's what he's busy with. Feminine, after the object. That's Rashi's example of a person who we give him a pass. That's someone who couldn't do erev tamshilin. That's a good excuse. So I think that if, if I think that for sure, if you take this Rashi, uh, you could for sure if someone was ill, someone was caring for someone, someone was in the hospital, someone had a, a major event, whatever it is, use this as your as your um, baseline, and anything that's like that, you're not called a poshea. But if it's anything under that. It's just, you know, I got caught up, Um, there was a great game on, Uh, I totally forgot, Uh, there was so much food in the house, I was putting stuff away in the fridge, I didn't realize those aren't considered excuses, and you're considered a pochea. Now, besides people not shunning you and not sending you food, are there any other uh, byproducts of being a pochea? We're going to find out later, if we get to it, that there is. It's not on this page, but I can tell you there is. And that is the question whether, we're going to see later that uh, on the next page, that the rabbi or the person, who the spiritual leader of the community was the one who would actually put an Erev Tavshilin for the community. I did this when I was in Houston, and I'm sure wherever the rabbis are, uh, they set up of Tavshilin for the community and it's meant to work for people who forgot um the question is does it work for someone who's a poshea? can someone can the communal Erev work for somebody who just lays the round and allowed the day to pass without him being able to put the arav so that's going to be a question
1: right, I, right. Rabbi, yes. excuse me, uh, just uh, just uh, as far as information, the, uh,
0: on Thursday, do you make a bracha for the Erev Tavshula? Yes, yes you do. There's a bracha. You do make it with a bracha. It is considered okay. a mitzvah from the rabbis. The rabbis created the mitzvah, and Henry Henoch brings up a good point, and uh, we're not going to talk about it today, but the idea of making a bracha on a obviously rabbinic law, on a rabbinic uh, legislation, using... The terms of Asher Kedushanu B'Mitzosav V'Tzivanu, which are which means that you commanded us and made us holy with your commands, um, it, it's obviously something that the rabbis want us to do. Yet you, it is true we do make that bracha. I'm just pointing out the significance of what the Gemara's analysis was. The Gemara says that uh, of, of, that there are two versions of what Rav Chista said. According to version number one, according to version number one, we would actually not cons- we would you're not so much a poshea. right Version two considers you a poshea, and it's interesting. remember what I always t- what I told you in previous uh classes look for this little letter here, this little Zion that's by the Avol indicates that's the law is following that statement. That zion, of course, relates to here, which is, you can see where the zion goes, it goes to the halachic area. The halachic area on your page is here, ein mishpat, ner mitzvah. And that's where your zion is connected to. And here, as you can see in Rashi script, is sources, halachic sources. I'll read you what they are here in this case. And again, I'm just going to show you again the connection. The little, here's your Zion letter, not in Rashi script, but in in, Ksav Ashuris, there's your little Zion. And that goes up here to this Zion, right? You can see, for example, there's a hay here, a little hay that goes here. What is it that is being indicated by that Zion? So here you can see a bunch of Reshitevos. Okay, Tusha, Tushe. <laughs> That's not what it is, of course. The the here tells you that this is an acronym.
1: This is Tor Tur or tour Vishol Aruch.
0: This is if you want to uh, find this in the 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 most reliable and 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 uniformed accepted halachic book, the Tour Shulchan Aruch. That's what you do. You go to the Tour Shulchan Aruch, and you will find it. Tour Shulchan Aruch. Now, hmm. Where? Okay, I have a Shulchan Aruch. Most people have, like a, especially an arachayim, they have a set of of mishnah berit home. That's shulchan Ar-ch basically, but where? So then you have the word shum. What is that connected to? Well, again, when you have the word shum, it's like the word ibid, where you have to go back to the last time it was referenced, which is on the line before, which is right here aleph ches, which is another way of saying again it's rashi Tevez. It stands for Orachayim, which is the first section of the Shulchan Aruch. Simen Taf Kuf That's where you would find it. Taf Kuf in Shulchan Aruch. Now the previous one was Simen Aleph,
1: right?
0: Here uh, it's telling you Tur Shulchan Arach Shom. That's a place to look. But then it gives you an alternate place to look as well Simin Kuf Zion Sif Zion. So
1: Rabbi Rabbi a question. Yes, who who
0: annotated the Gemara and cross referenced it with the uh, Tour and the Shulchan and the Mishnah Brura. Okay, so that's a good question. It was done over a period of a number of different uh, rabbis uh, scholars. Uh, this the Ein Mishpat Ner Mitzvah was uh, put together. Uh, by uh, by Rabbi Shaya Boaz, um, and uh, he uh, uh, and it was added to, I believe, in later generations as well. Um, the sources that he brings are no later than, you know, it's usually besides the Shulchan Aruch. He also, as you can see in the line before, you have this uh, source here: Mem Yud Yud Semai that sound, that stands for Maimonides, Maim, Maimoni, or the Rambam. Instead of Yada Chazok or Mishneh Torah, this was way this was the uh, rabbinic shorthand for the Rambam. My <laughs> Mem Yud Yud with a line that stood that stood for Maimoni, because of course uh, the Rambam's father's name was Maimon. So, uh, therefore, he gets, and and of course, uh, we know him as Maimonides, the son of Maimon. That was just a shorthand for the Rambam. So that's one of the sources also referenced uh, in certain halachos, Maimonides. And I just want to point out, Maimonides is not mentioned here. So Ravishaya Boaz, who did his research, um says it's in the Shulchan Aruch, but you won't find it. It seemingly, you won't find it in the Rambam. This idea that you're a posheya and that we're not going to send food to you and that you might not, as I'm saying, also be able to use the Erev. It seems to be indicated in the Shulchan Aruch. So that would be a a place to look. Just to be thorough about this, the other source that's mentioned here, let's take a look at the one before, although it's not on our line. Maimonit. Again, Sham you have to go back to the line before. It's a little bit uh, disheartening when, when you do this. Because again, this little box is very crucial to connect the Gemara to the world of halacha. Right? Right. This is where you see what lines from here, what ideas from here make That's... it into normative Jewish law. So it's, a, it's an incredibly important Part of your Gemara page, uh, especially if you want to look up and say, "Do I follow the Talmud the halacha, or not?" The truth is, it's a little bit outmoded, and, and 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 sort of difficult to use. And however, it is still for most people the first place they go to connect what's on the page here to the Halacha. Uh, just to give you a, another example of of how things have changed! Like we don't call the Rambam Ma'imoni, but you need to know that he used to be called Ma'imoni. You also look at these three letters together. This is three letters smog, right? That's what LA used to be known for. It's smog, but that's not what it means here. What it means here is another halachic book that, at the time this was put together, was considered. Uh, it was considered a pretty important halachic book. It was called the Sefer Mitzvahs HaGodol, the Smag. It was written by Rav Moshe of Kautzi, a city in France. And the way he wanted to provide his readers and the people that would copy his book a way to study the entirety of Jewish law. And the idea that he had was that you would follow the mitzvot. There was the he divided the book into two parts, the negative commandments and the positive commandments, and it, it was interesting reading. Hey, I want to know all the mitzvahs of the Torah, but under the rubric of let's say the mitzvah of the Simchah Yom Tov, which is a
1: mitzvah from the Torah, he would include all the rabbinic laws. Um, Bachi's asking, yes, it did. He followed that. Uh, he
0: followed in the footsteps of Rambam and others before him who believed 613 was crucial. But unlike the Rambam, who was just trying to sort of like peg all the mitzvahs he would talk about in his giant book, Mishnah Torah, the smog decided to make the whole book about the mitzvahs. The Rambam's book that's known as Sefer Mitzvahs is really just an Arabic introduction to his Mishnah Torah that allows it to be better understood, he thinks. It's studied now independently, but he doesn't try to put all the mitzvahs of the Torah and the rabbis in there. The Smag decided to to create this giant lumbering book that you would find all the mitzvahs not only of the Torah, but of the rabbis and how, to, and how to run your life somewhere. This was before the Shulchan Aruch was written. This was 300 years before the Shulchan Aruch was written. And he, and he called the book Sefer Mitzvot HaGadol. And it actually was a big book. And when Boaz wrote this, people were still using that to find their halacha. They would look in the smog. And where was this smog? <laughs> so the smog, you have to go all the way back up here to find where it is. in In the section of negative commandments, I and Hay. <laughs> so if you if you ha- and, and me- this was a standard halachic text, I have one. Uh, I have a smog, um, and and there are people who continue to use it, but I would say for the most part, it's fallen out of dis. It's fallen into disuse. It was, a, it, was a, it was a strange way to find Jewish law anyway. But when Boaz wrote this book, you got to know your audience. So therefore he decided to put these three major sources if a person wants to find the law. You're going to have your Yemenites, North Africans, whoever it is, they're going to be looking in the Ramba. So he wants to show you the Rambam. But then you're going to have others who are going to look at the Torah, uh, which was the predecessor of the Shulchan Aruch. That's why everything, it's, it says Tour Shulchan Aruch, but this, the Sifim the, uh, the are based on Yosef Cairo's working on it. That's the Sifim. Uh, the Tour doesn't really have Sifim little sections in it. Uh, and then you have, uh, like I said, you have those three. So that's what you're going to
1: find. What about the Rebbe? What about the
0: Ashkenazim? So the Ashkenazim would always be able to find it in the Shulchan Aruch. So this, wow. is, this is your place. And so this is really, like I said, that's why it's called Ein Mishpat, which is sort of like the source. Ein, not the Ein, but the Ein, like, 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 like the, the, the depth of where you're going to find the law. And ne'er Mitzvah. But it's also a, a place where you're going to see what things are the mitzvot. And that, of course, is going to uh, the smog and other things are going to help you uh, realize, hey, this is included in this mitzvah. So that's this book. That's this book which has been appended this, uh, to every gem- standard Gemara page. What's the relevance here again? Let's repeat. The relevance here is is that, that it sounds like if we look in Shulchan Aruch, the Shulchan Aruch is going to blame the person who could have done Eif Tavshilan and did not and we're going to treat him as a guilty person. Shame on you for not doing it. We're not even going to, because uh, uh, we don't want to encourage it, because we want you to get with the act. And if we're going to send you food, then you know it's like you need to make your own eretz Sheila. The rabbi, that's for somebody who, who wasn't able to, or whatever it was. You know, he has a good excuse, but not you.
1: Okay. Now, the next line. My, what did it mean when Eliezer quoted
0: that Pesach from Ezra? Chedvas Hashem hi It's very poetic, but what does it mean for a Talmudist? Uh, let me explain this a little bit better. Many times, um, people who love Parshanut People who love learning Psukim and love learning Nach find that when they get to the Gemara, the Gemara takes Psukim and treats them very different. When you learn Tanakh, when you study whatever teacher you have, whatever translation, you are sensitive to the beauty of the phraseology. When you hear something that's repeated once or twice. Okay, that's just a poetic way of saying it. Maybe you're going to try to analyze the difference in the nouns and the verbs. Similar phrases mean subtly something different. That's great for your Tanakh class. When the Talmud gets its teeth in a Pusik, it treats it completely different. They are looking for directives and nuggets within the phrases of the Pusik. So here's Eliezer, Talmudist extraordinaire. There was no Talmud then, but but in terms of a a, a personage, and it's being quoted. So the Talmud wants to know, what are we, the Talmud is not a, a, what does it mean? What does that phrase mean? I know it sounds exciting, that the glory of God, this happiness of God is your strength. But what does that really mean practically, (laughs) right? What does it mean practically? The glory of God, the happiness of God is your strength. So we're going to come up with a directive. It isn't just a a glorious phrase that Ezra came up with. In Eliezer's mouth and in the Talmud's analysis, it actually gives us uh, some sort of uh, direction of action. Let's see what it is. In other words, my what does that really mean? God's happiness is your strength? What does that mean? What, what strength do you get from it? Like, how did you get stronger from the happiness of God on Yontif? How did that get you stronger? What does that mean? Like, you just feel better about Yontif? What, what strength are we talking about? So, Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Mishum Rabbi Eliezer, Now, again, Rabbi Yochanan is an Amora. A very famous one, a first generation great, and he's quoting someone who he probably uh, he probably saw, but I don't know if he actually studied by um, Eliezer. It should be right. It should be actually this is a, a, a mistake. It should be Rebbe Lozer Berb Shimon, uh, Rebbe Shimon bar Yochai's son. That's Rebbe Lozer Shimon. Um, It's not Eliezer. This Yud is a mistake. I don't. I know it's not indicated that way but trust Kibbelewicz on this. Mishumber Rebbe Lozabe Shimon. That is Rabshimri. Shimon. He said something in the name of Shimon Yochai's son. What did he say? Here's what he said. Amr Lechem HaKadosh Israel. God, through Ezra, was sending a message. Bani, or my children. Levu alai. I know you don't have any money. But go and borrow money on me. You'd like to make a nice Yontif. And now you're looking and saying, I'm out of work. Uh, corona is, 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 is a, there's no, they're not even hiring me. What am I supposed to do? I don't, I'm not getting my weekly check. Uh, I, I'm not getting what I expected. How am I going to make Shmooz this year with everything that I want? Sure. Live or a lie? You can go and borrow money and use me as the guarantor. V'kidshu, Kedusha Hayo.
1: color. I'm just going to mute it, okay? Yeah. Cool. So, Kidshu. Yeah, I did that. (laughs) Okay. So, uh-oh there we go so what did he say he said kichu kadusha sayom
0: borrow money go out and spend do kichu kadusha sayom be مكادش kadusha sayom do your best have the same sort of holiday you would have had
1: even when you thought you had more money Vihiminu be have faith in me. Vaani Poreya. I'll pay. Okay.
0: Let's see now. That's a, a also a beautiful phrase. How does it fit into the words? Again, what was the words again? bas Hashem Him Hashem Would mean I want it to be just as fun. I want to have all the cheesecake. I want to have whatever it is, I want it to be just as great I want uh, the, the meat and potatoes, whatever it is whatever you're imagining your 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 happy yumtive exciting meal is going to be, maybe it has to do with guests maybe whatever it is. let it be that headvas Hashem the way you expected it to be, and you know what the fact that you went out and and showed your your faith in me because that's going to be your strength, meaning your strength, the backup of the money, that it will come back to you. That's what Rabbi Yochanan it was teaching from Shemem Bar Yachai's son. Let's take a look at Rashi, Rashi a beautiful Rashi. Rashi says, Ched Hashem, the second wide line, at the end of the line, Rashi is going to now interpret the Pusik based on Yochanan's explanation. It's not the flourishing poetic pusik. It's a halachic Pasek with an admonition of not worrying. Simcha. Next line, shatem osim. The simcha that you make. And when you don't have money, you say, oh, can I afford this? But you're doing it bishvil for the sake. And again, this is Rashi Tevos, very, uh, uh used very, um, quite often. Hakba, which is, right? Ha Kodesh borahu Hu, right? The, what you do for the Holy One, <laughs> for God. Harei hi mu'schem. This is the counterintuitive. It isn't just that I spent like I used to. The fact that you were willing to spend is itself a source of strength for you. What does that mean, strength? O's. O's is strength. How does it strength? Rashi explains how, based on Yochanan's explanation. He tazor That will help you, because God recognizes what you did. It will help you. to pay, ha Okay, here's a word that everybody knows from uh,
1: some Torah, <laughs> Hakafos, Hakafos. right? Yeah. So the, the the
0: the Hakafos here does the word Hakafah means you went in a circle. <laughs> That's what it means. You go around. That's what hakafa means. You're going around. Here, what it means is, when it, in terms of business in the in the in the Talmudic world, in the Mishnaic world, and even today, in some areas, people barter, they don't always have funds. They're able to give money only at a later time, but they need the goods now. Credit. The right. So giving on credit was known as hakafah because what goes around it'll come around later. I'll give you what you need now because I know when the planting or when the harvest season arrives, you have money. So you have to trust that farmer. And when you give him the money, it's called hakafot, meaning I give it to you now. When that season of the year turns, comes around, I know you're going to pay me. Now You can't ask for more money. There's questions of interest involved, but that's called the hakafa method. The hakafa method is that it's going to come around and you're going to pay it later. Right, so and and many people would have a list. What do I owe? Because these are the things I took on credit before, or a pure loan. Milvo vosechem, a pure loan. Hakafos were usually, hey, I know you're good for the money because I know you're gonna. I know that in the in the summertime you're gonna be loaded. That was hakafos. People that would take goods in the winter and pay back in the summer. Those were our kafos. Then you have people who actually have to go out and borrow. That's the next phrase in Rashi. People would actually just borrow money and say, I'll pay you back. So this is what you you went to the store to get stuff for Yomtev. You borrowed money so you could go to a store and use currency to buy stuff for Yomtev. God will help you pay it back. God is saying, I will arrange the world in a way that you get that money. Shetilvu, that you, you borrowed Bishvila for the sake of yontif. If you buy into me, chedvas Hashem him uschem. That is what this, I don't know if Ezra meant it, but we are saying Eliezer, who quoted it, and the Talmud that is now uh, analyzing it is telling you, chedvas Hashem, and and this obviously you know speaking as a little bit of a literary an analyst of the talmud or a sociological analyst i would say the talmud is trying to encourage this with people they're trying to encourage people not to uh, turn their yomtiv during difficult times into a, a meager event but to believe that god is actually involved in the world and that god will somehow arrange things that you will be taken care of now some people say it's a little bit dangerous. that sounds like a little uh, come on, you want the guy to right so actually tosis actually deals with that question um, and he actually says that that there's other places where the Talmud says something different. <laughs> the Talmud actually says that that you shouldn't uh, spend tosis asks here the bottom Tosas he says the Talmud seems to be encouraging people who don't have the the means to go out and borrow, like Rashi said, and 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 to you know extend their line of credit and try to have the same miyunt if they wanted like to have before. Um, so Tosos points out that that doesn't seem to be in line with other places in the Talmud. Um, by the way, one of the things you know we talk about Rashi and Tosfos and what they are there for. So just the the thumbnail understanding is just the the thumbnail understanding of the difference between rashi on this side and those folks. they aren't just you know two places to look not just time and newsweek um uh, what they are is they do different things uh some again the, sometimes the borders are 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 bled into when you find rashi doing what you expect in a Tosfus, and Tosfus is doing what you expect in a Rashi. But general what Tosfus is trying to do is to open up the, the page to like a contradiction of something that's in some other mesechta, in some other folio of the Talmud, some other, uh, some other mesechta of the Talmud on some other page. That's what Tosfus usually does, um, which Rashi's we not we're interested in. Rashi is your helper to get through this page. Tosa is the one who will bring in things from someplace else that aren't on the page, but now are going to be relevant because he's putting them on the table. That's what he. And this is a, a classic example. It's only three lines. Let's take a look. Did you just say, to, the Talmud said an R thing, go borrow money and God backs it up. God will make sure you, you have the money to pay. Somehow God will, will allow you to win the lottery or you'll make a little more money. Uh, you'll get another student that you can tutor or uh, or, or something else. Some some other uh, stimulus payment will come. Whatever it is, God will take care of it. That's what our uh, Talmud page says. But Tosa says, but this, the Amar, there's another place in the Talmud where it says, the Talmud says, Make your Shabbos like a meager weekday. The al titzareich libriot. and you shouldn't have to come on like the word sarich. You shouldn't have to come on to other people. So here Tosus is quoting another Talmudic passage, which is saying the person should not, don't go out and borrow, because that is demeaning to have to go and and and, and I need money for Shabbos you know what? Can you open the can of tuna? That's good enough, all right? But that's what I eat during the week. I put tuna and mayonnaise together. Okay, that's your Shabbos, this one. At least you didn't have to go knocking on doors, and, and, and people had to give you money. Hmm, that seems to contradict here, right? Here it talks about going out and borrowing and making a spread for Yontif. Here it talks about living meager. Uh, a great question. Now, um. If it wouldn't be Tos, if tosis wouldn't have asked this question, I might
1: have said, maybe that represents two ways to look at what to do, you know? <laughs> I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. But I would say without Tostas,
0: I might have said, this is a debate of how, what's the best way to handle uh, a person who doesn't have much money and wants to have covered Shabbos or covered Yontif. One way to look at it is throw caution to the wind and believe in God. That was one attitude in the rabbis. Another attitude the rabbis might have had was preserve your dignity, be modest, maybe something will show up. That is not the way Tosas works. <laughs> Tosas is all about Making peace, using both sources to come up with a third truth. He didn't want to just put these two truths out there and say this represents two approaches to um, to how to deal with uh, this situation, or how to deal in general with um, uh, you know modest living. So Tosas gives another answer. Let's see what Tosas' answer is. He says, Hani Mile, hey, mem, key phrase as well. Those words, Hani, those, Mile, words that I just quoted about don't borrow money, eat the tuna, take a can out,
1: that is Kishain lo Lifroa, where he doesn't have. A, a place that he sees that he could pay back from. <laughs> in other words, in our Gemara, we're talking about um, he doesn't, tosis is saying, in our Gemara,
0: we're talking about he sees where he can probably get his money back. It's not there right now, but he's expecting the money to come in. Whereas the Gemara in Psochem is talking about where you don't know where your money is. You don't, you don't have that money now. Now, that really does not sound like what our, uh, uh, like our Talmud said. <laughs> As we go back, our Talmud said, believe in me, borrow, believe in me, I will pay. So the Tosfas doesn't seem to be true to what it says in our Talmud, what it says in our page. What TOSIS says makes sense. Don't borrow money if you don't see that you have the means to pay back at all. If something is on the horizon, go borrow, even though there's a possibility the money won't come through, but it, you can see where it's coming from. So because of that, TOSIS does not seem to make any, TOSIS's answer doesn't really seem to jive with, um, uh, with the page. <laughs> and that's the reason why, and uh, maybe we'll talk about it next time, you can see here, there's a little aleph here. This aleph, gets, uh, it's a real bold aleph. It's bold with brackets. The boldly bracketed letter. Uh, you know, uh,
1: uh,
0: who is the bold bracketed letter? So we'll talk about this tomorrow. We'll take this up tomorrow. That is this fellow. And remember, this is the Vilna Shas page. And the Vilna
1: Shas page um, gives a lot had the Vilna Gon's notes.
0: Hagot Hagro, the the notes of the Gon Rabbeinu Eliyahu. So we'll see that the Vilna Gon had
1: a note on this tosfos that he felt was important.